0: comes ahead on goal and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders.
1: Clear. A foot race the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney. The net is empty. By the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Vancosta. Header. Goal. Head check. Vancosta.
0: Cole oh. picks it up. Cole's crossing. Nohimovic. Oh, are you serious? It doesn't get much better than this, folks.
2: The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan.
0: Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me, as always, is a man who may have made sure his cat's out of the room. Logan Stump?
1: Oh no, no, absolutely not for... For the quality of content that she can create, um, I'm just I, I think I started to actually put catnip all over things just to make sure that <laughs> she knocks things over again. But uh, no, I can't really promise that. Otherwise, it'd be really annoying. You would get a lot of feedback. Uh, if you're listening to the episode, you would just get a lot of meowing and, and scratching at the door because they would be uh, very interested as to why I closed the door. So no, unfortunately, so you're we might, might get a repeat. Hearing-
0: we might get a repeat. <laughs> All
1: right. So like behind me, I've got like the green skin. She's actually right here behind, right here on the floor. Um, can you not, can you not do this today? Okay. Um, so that, that was her, that was her pep talk, but I'm pretty sure she's getting ready to jump up here in like T minus three seconds. So um, the viewers can see her. Uh, the listeners just know that my cat, uh, the impending doom uh, is, is, what is just, it's coming, right? So that's what impending means. So um, yeah, so if my set goes down again, I do apologize to Alex. And, uh, I'm just so glad that the the Moon Tower guys took it so well. Like, it, it, oh,
0: yeah, it they was very, were froze.
1: Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable how well they took that. And, Jordan, I could just see you kind of just shaking your legs, like, come on, anything but what just happened. Anything What? Just happened?
0: <laughs> it was difficult to get through. Um, we put the clip up on Twitter. If, if people haven't seen it, the clip's also up on YouTube. Um, it's also up on Facebook. I think it's on all of our spots. I tried to put it on Instagram, but it's you know it's too long, and Instagram yeah. wouldn't accept it. So I said, never mind. I'm not doing this. So, uh, but it's up on Twitter. It's up on uh, our YouTube. We have a playlist called Clips, and uh, that's the first one on there. And then yeah, Facebook has it under their videos under Stateside Soccer Show um, at Stateside Show. So, what we had some drama. That didn't involve cats um Mm. with kellen acosta right so uh we'll probably be talking a little bit about that after we do our interview and what team are we previewing today logan and and who do we have you kind of mentioned it (laughs)
1: Yeah, we're going completely out of order. So we've got Inter Miami uh, that we're previewing today. So this will be interesting. Uh, Huge roster turnover, Jordan. So I'm excited to see what Alex has to say. And we have Alex Windley on, uh, and she's a journalist host. Um, She does the Heron Outlet, which is a podcast. Um, She is a soccer writer and analyst for the Lemon City Live uh, and then also World Football Index. So it should be pretty interesting to see what Alex has to say about uh, a team that you and I are both so fascinated with just because of last year. I just remember, I think, uh, very early on that our uh, podcast dealt a lot with the sanctions. So kind of interested to see uh, what happens with Inter here uh, and what Alex has to say being on the ground there because it's always fascinating to me what, what the uh, insiders think of Inter.
0: Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, so let's go ahead and take a break, and then we will... Welcome in, Alex. Hey, Logan.
1: Hey, what's up, Jordan? How's it going?
0: Are you are you a fan of things
1: other than soccer? Uh, sometimes. Depends on what it is. <laughs> are you a
0: fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe?
1: Absolutely. Love Batman.
0: <laughs> well, let me tell you, we have an MCU fan podcast called To the Infinity Saga and Beyond. And it even has some soccer in it this week what yes i welcomed jack from the final third
1: great
2: people who we've
0: had on this show to talk minnesota united and probably will have on the show again and we decided let's name a team of mcu superheroes and let's give them positions we both chose a 433 and we Picked some places. Now, we didn't just say, all right, Iron Man, Striker." We made sure we had ideas on why they were playing those positions. So if you want some fun, take an hour out of your time and look up to the Infinity Saga and be on an MCU fan podcast, and there will be some links to it in the descriptions. And you can listen to Jack and I fight uh, with why we chose these heroes in the positions we chose them
1: sounds marvelous actually
0: <laughs> and we are back from our break and we have alex windley joining us to talk some inner miami how are you today alex
2: i'm good i'm good a little chilly but uh i'm hanging in there <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah
0: for people that don't know we were just talking about this but yeah you're in miami a little chilly for you is a little different for chilly for uh everywhere else <laughs>
1: She said chili, and I think the Cincinnati's people, uh, they, I think their ears perked up because of the skyline <laughs> chili. They're like, what's that? Why are they talking about chili?
0: Um, so, uh, Alex, if you could just kind of describe like where people can usually find your stuff and like what got you um, kind of into writing or uh, talking about Inner Miami.
2: Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at A-A-W underscore um, 1998. Initially, um, I'm in college for mass comm and uh, journalism, and I played soccer all my life. So uh, naturally, that was a, a marriage in heaven. So uh, when I got the opportunity to uh, write for MLS Multiplex uh, around the early 2020, um, you know, just covering Miami, I, I jumped at the opportunity, and it's kind of grown from there. You know, uh, You know, like there's the Heron outlet that I've started with my colleagues, and uh, yeah, it's just us trying to bring the, bre- the best, you know, analysis and commentary about inner Miami because, uh, the South Florida uh, landscape it's not very soccer, you know, they're soccer fans, but you know, the heat and the dolphins normally dominate sports. So, um, uh, you know, I'm just here trying to explain MLS and inner Miami as best as I can with all the convoluted rules and whatnot.
1: I was gonna say, as a dolphins fan, yeah, uh, I can speak to just. <laughs> The idea that just having a sports team that is functional has been yeah. kind of a problem in Miami since you know LeBron left. But it's, yeah, it's that's been tough. I mean, it's been tough for Miami yeah. fans. But I, I I love cover I love following your stuff because I, I feel. Cause you you know there's people that can tweet and then there's people that uh, like almost like we do where we're entertainment or we're mouthpiece but i do feel like you provide good content like original content and and i find it fascinating just because looking on the outside in i can get a lot from your tweets so if you guys aren't following alex uh, and you are a miami fan i feel like it's a great follow because i do feel like you've got great content and you're able to pull stuff up that not very many people could find which is good
2: yeah thank you it's uh, yeah journalism it's it's a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you right. know, it, even though it, I am part-time right now. um, uh, Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, but it's really rewarding, you know, especially covering inner Miami, you know, there's been a lots of ups and downs, but it's, mm-hmm. it's rewarding and challenging and uh, I love every single minute of it. So I guess let's
0: get into some of the uh, retrospectives uh, of inner Miami. You know, they haven't had too much of a successful season in in any of the two seasons they've played, but just looking back at 2021 and finishing in 11th place, what do you think some of the positives and negatives were that you took away from there? Um, Especially since, you know, there's kind of been these whirlwind of changes of, you know, two different coaches in two different years. And, you know, do you see anything maybe going up here?
2: Yeah, I think 2021, you know, coming off that 2020 season, everyone just wanted and remind me to get it together. And we all thought that 2021 was going to be that year where, oh, finally it clicks. We got rid of our old coach. We brought in Phil Neville. Maybe he'll add some stability. But honestly, it, it, it did just get progressively worse. And I think everyone saw how how bad it got. You know, there were multiple blowout losses. You know, there were, you know, players that didn't necessarily get along. Um, you know, the sanctions, of course, and it, it just went from bad to worse. And I think, you know, this offseason, it 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 shows that, you know, the, these first two seasons, the, the roster, was just, you know, everything was just poorly constructed. And yeah, 2021, it was, it was just, you know, laying everything bare in regards to that. So, um, yeah but it's 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 still incredible you know everything that this club has gone through you know from you know just getting the bid in the, the expansion bid in the first place back in 2014 you know just trying to find a stadium site you know it's just no matter what Intermami goes through these fans you know they just they just want to see their team play so uh yeah 2021 it it, it it was it was a bad year it was a bad year but um i think going heading into 2022 we see a, a, a different mindset and a different philosophy in in regards to inner Miami.
1: You spoke about the stadium and and, uh, it wasn't one of the uh, things that I sent over, but I I was just curious, is there anything that you've heard or, I mean, uh, on the ground there in Miami, is there anything you've heard about the stadium? Because I know they had talked about like, this was just a temporary fix. Um, and then last year they go and name it drive pink. And then it, it, it's like, okay, that doesn't seem very temporary. I mean, you obviously can change the name and make that into an Academy kind of thing, but mm-hmm. is there any talk on a, on a new stadium? I know the dolphins have kind of taken up a lot of the money uh, as as in space and time of the government right now because of the F1 stuff, but is there anything that they've said about the new stadium or anything?
2: Uh, yes, actually there was a report from the Miami Herald uh, about a week ago where, you know, basically inner Miami and the city of Miami have come to, Uh, An agreement as far as, you know, just uh, negotiations, of course, they they still have to vote on it. There are they need four votes out of Yeah, they need four votes from city commissioners one already said no. So it's still not a done deal yet. But I I did read in that article Mayor Francis Suarez said that they're going to try to get it uh, a vote passed, you know, within Going back to next week, he said in a couple weeks, so maybe soon, you know, hopefully get that pass. And then uh, Jorge Moss did say, he was quoting that article saying that hopefully they can have grounds in the, you know, shovels in the ground by late 2022, which is uh, impressive considering uh, the amount of uh, obstacles this thing has gone through. So, uh, yeah, there is some movement on there. And I, I think, you know, this club has gone through so much. Getting a stadium in Miami proper would just only you know, fix all the wrongs that they've done. And, you know, Drive Pink, it, it, it's its nice. I, I love driving up there. It is a far drive. I do live in Miami-Dade, and it's in Broward. But uh, it's a nice temporary stadium, but it's not in Miami. And, you know, as far as, you know, as much as it, it it's a nice stadium, but, you know, realistically, it's inner miami We don't, you know, it's, you don't want to be inner fort Lauderdale. But, uh, yeah, there has been some movement on the stadium. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it, it gets uh, passed uh, later this year
0: how far is that like because I mm. like I'm not familiar I've never been south of like I've never been f- south enough to like Miami you yeah. know so like how far is it actually out of the city like drive-wise not maybe
2: miles but like how long would it take with traffic and all that oof um well from where I'm at about mm-hmm. 45 minutes which is yeah, okay. you know, a decent trip. But if you were say in downtown Miami proper, it's about a thirty minute drive to get up to to oh, drive. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a trek, but it's all right. You know, I love going up there.
1: I was gonna say, I've been to two of the stadiums there. I've been to Miami uh, Dolphin Stadium, the Hard Rock, and then I've also been to Marlins Park. And Marlins Park is in a really weird area too. Like they they plopped it right down in the middle of a Cuban uh, neighborhood. It was yeah. like here, just put that there. Really. In. Oh, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's unbelievable, like where it sits. And then again, like the Dolphins, I mean, it's popped down right in the middle of an air. It seems they're all weirdly located. I know that the heat, they, they've they got the, the stadium downtown proper, but it, it's like, I don't, it, it's really weird that Miami's had such an issue. And I know they're that they extend into like Miami Gardens and different things like that when they look around at potential. But I, I know they they scream about stadiums, but then I, I kind of leads into our next. Uh, Question: they, they do scream about the kit too. Uh, last year they did not drop a kit that was pink uh, and it's been a long time coming. They finally announced uh, in 2022 that the home kit will be pink for the first time in their history as a professional club in MLS. Um, can you kind of just speak to uh, the, the, I guess, the outrage that was uh, not having a pink <laughs> kit um, and, and kind of what it means for the fans going forward to have that pink where they identify it with, with Miami?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, and it coming into the league, I think everyone expected it to, oh, naturally, pink colors, pink kit, wrong. That that didn't happen. And, you know, honestly, it was utterly bizarre. You know, like, I don't want to knock the previous kits, but I personally wasn't a fan of the all-white kit. Yes, the right. details were nice, but it was very plain, and the pink wasn't as vibrant as, you know, we wanted it to be. So it was a disappointment, even though, you know, the details were cool, but, you know, the, the fan... um you know, just they've just been so elated that 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 we we've gotten the, an all pink kit now. Maybe not all pink with the shorts, but the, there's a pink kit now. It was a long time coming. Um, it's it me writing a wrong that they've done, and I think it, it's it's just it was just overdue at this point. I I don't know why they went with the white. It, it's it was bizarre, but yeah, the pink kit. Um, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, I've not seen any leaks of it. The clubs have done a really good job um making sure that nothing has come out about that so um yeah i'm, I'm excited for the kit drop and it, it should be a great one
1: it has the attention of all mls i know that i know the guys from extra time and stuff are always tweeting out <laughs> why is this not pink what is wrong with this club yeah
0: <laughs> uh so miami has had you know 19 departures or maybe even more than that by this time uh from 2021 lots of players leaving with some players uh, coming in, uh, now, now we're starting to really get some of that stuff going on. But are these moves part of a complete rebuild? You know, like the Christian McCune uh, being traded to Charlotte, uh, Federico Higuain retiring, Pizarro leaving. Um, or are they just clearing the books and maybe collecting you know, cash to be able to start rebuilding another big squad again? And did last year's DP saga result in some of those moves and
2: decisions by the front office? Absolutely. I'll I'll answer that second question first. Absolutely. I think, oh, yeah, I've just like I've been writing about that for so long. It's just the Pizarro's, Matuidi's. Higuain, I'm willing to give a break because he did score 12 goals, and I think he got about six assists last season. He pretty much carried Miami's offense, so I'll give him a break. But, you know, um, you know, per the Miami Herald, M- Matuidi will not be included in the 2022 squad. You know, I don't know what they're going to do. They're looking to uh, maybe move him on to another, another club or, or something. But, yeah, it, yeah, the DP situation was just a mess. And to answer the first question, yes, it was absolutely – it was, I think it's mainly the sanctions, but at the same time, I think they're just trying to clean house, and you see the clear split between the first uh, regime of, you know, Paul McDonough, you know, maybe the ownership meddling in, in player transfers too much to, you know, Chris Henderson, this is going to be what, we're doing this is our philosophy, this is our squad, and you see it with the incoming transfers and, and trades that Miami has has made their young players, hungry players that want to be here and want to play. You know, uh, uh the club did loan out Pizarro, uh, uh to uh, Monterey, too. So, right now, in Miami, as you know, it's only in e going as a DP right now because Blaze between won't feature, but yeah, absolutely, the sanctions did have a, a, a big part to play in this, but at the same time, I think this is just a start over for Chris Henderson last season. uh, Chris Henderson and Phil Neville, they came in a bit late, you know, they they were there, but they didn't have full, uh, a full grasp of what, you know, they didn't have full control, you know, they came in late and they didn't have the time to actually mold the squad into what they wanted to this off season. We see that happening, you know, and yeah, the incoming transfers have, have been, uh, you know, telling, it's been really telling. So, and the departures as well. So, yeah, it's definitely a soft rebuild. I don't want to call it a full one, but at this point, you know, there's been too many departures for it to be uh, considered a soft one. I think it's just a hard reset at this point.
1: Yeah. I feel like as a fan, I mean, it, it's just tough because they, they've they come in with a lot of expertise, right? They've got Neville, they've got um, David Beckham. They've got guys that have done this before. Uh, and I do think I, as somebody on the outside looking in, you do see a lot of frustration with Miami fans. And I think you see it on the pitch as well, because I know a lot of the players uh, uh, noticeably last year, when I was watching enter Miami, you had noticeable angst on the field. I mean, it, you had moments where Gonzalo's looking at Pizarro going, what are you doing? Like, oh, this isn't how this is supposed to go. Um, and I just kind of wondered um, d- with all those pieces being shipped out, I mean, has, has the support kind of wavered any, or are people kind of backing these moves as almost like a, yeah, we're moving in the right direction, this needed to happen kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I think the fans, uh, reading my tweet, Twitter Twitter, feed alone, I think they were just ready for a restart. Last season was pretty evident that you had a bunch of players that didn't necessarily get along together, nor did they play well together. So I, the Miami fans, a lot of them just wanted Everyone gone. You know, I don't know if you guys seen that viral video uh, of, you know, the fans chanting, you know, sell every one of you, you're not fit to wear the shirt. It, it went pretty viral uh, and among the South American press, but that, that's pretty much the sentiment at this point. They They want players to play for the club, play for the shirt. And last season, you know, we didn't see that. So um, I think the fans are just ready to get behind a club and a team that are ready to, to play with hunger and, and a desire to, you know, get the team into the playoffs or, or what have you. You know, it's 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 been a long time coming. This club has gone through so much. So I, I think that's the least that these Inter Miami fans you know, want at this point.
1: So looking at the, the roster that is left, uh, what is left? Of it? <laughs> um, six of the top 10 players obviously gone. Uh, and minutes played so that those players um, who have contributed mightily for for inner Miami um, and Phil Neville are uh, somewhere else this year um, but what pieces do they have left over I mean I, it, we, we're going to talk eventually about the signings that they've made um, and kind of how those pieces fit but but what can Miami fans be excited about I mean is there somebody that they look at and go okay for the future this is something we can build upon
2: Amemah Bika and Georgia Costa. I think if there's anything to be excited about, it's bringing up guys who've played for uh, the Academy and Fort Lauderdale CF who've done really well into the first team. That's pretty much what, you know, David Beckham, Chris Henderson said that they wanted to do is bring through local talent, even though Amemah Bika was drafted, but Georgia Costa is a local, a local player, bring through local talent into the ranks uh, of the first team and with the sanctions, uh that's pretty much what they're going to do. I know um I did hear that there will be a couple of Fort Lauderdale CF players that will be signed to the first team. Uh I don't know what specifically I don't know what players specifically they are, but I have heard that there will be there'll be there will be a couple of them. So I, I think that you know it's just a matter of stepping back and realizing that, you know, because of the sanctions, you don't necessarily like you have to have a bad team but you can also look towards what happened last season but and, and pick out certain players that that can help prepare uh propel this team forward you know guys like gregory uh Ujo, he did resign you know the glue guys that will keep this locker room together cuz miami is going a bit younger too so um this roster right now with the incoming signings it will get significantly younger so uh you know guys like that gregory Ujo, uh Berkshay will resign per the miami herald as well uh, so guys like that, it, it'll, it'll just be huge. And that's something that uh, we should look forward to uh, this upcoming season.
1: So, uh, Blaze McTweedy, you, you referenced it. And, and we had somebody on Twitter ask, um, is there a reason why that hasn't been officially? I mean, are they currently looking for a deal? Or is this kind of something that they're going to be working on? Because, I mean, we're already to January 14th. And, you know, you got 15 days to hopefully it sounds like it, it probably will be a loan deal at this point. They've done it with everybody else's experience. But is there a reason for the club kind of delaying this? Is there concern that he might still be on the roster and the pay um, payroll when it's time to, to move on into February?
0: And wasn't yeah. he wasn't he saying he might retire too? I I thought there were some reports of that as well.
2: Yeah, I think with Blaze, it's 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 difficult to move on a player like him. You know, mm-hmm. 35, you know, not he, he he's regressed a lot since his Juventus days. You know, I don't think any team would want to take him on a permanent, especially giving his salary and whatnot. But I have heard and seen reports that uh, Troyes and, and France, they, they may look to take him on. It remains to be seen if he will go. But um, per the Miami Herald, I, I did read that it, it'll either he'll be moving to another club or he'll just, you know, join the team in an off season role. So, uh, and an off the pitch role. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. And I think, uh, uh the team hasn't moved him on yet Cause it's just, it's just hard, you know, it's hard to move on DPs. You know, we see it with other teams in the league looking to get rid of theirs, you know, Toronto and their DP situation, they signed a and, and they got to, you know, get rid of Soltedo at this point. So, yeah, it's just hard. Uh, um, you know, if you look at Blaze's uh, Instagram feed, you see him visibly not training at Inter Miami's uh, facilities. You know, I think he put up a video recently on his story that it doesn't look like Inter Miami's facility, So it does look like he is trading away from the team. So, um, yeah, he is not in the plans for 2022 at all. And it's just a matter of time before he, he gets moved on, really. Um, but there have been some
0: signings, and some of these have been made uh, official just like today. Christopher McVeigh um, signing from Elfsborg um, through the 2024 season with a club option for 2025. Uh, he's 24 years old. Um, and then you have players like uh, Lasseter, Mo Adams, Bryce Duke. Do these players step right into the roster or... Um, Oh, I assume because they have so many players missing that they probably (laughs) have to. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So I think it's last year, Miami really struggled with depth. So you see the signings like Mo Adams, Ariel Lassiter. Those are going to be guys that do get starting minutes. But, you know, it's it's you know, depth was just such a significant issue last season that. You know, having guys like Mo Adams, Ariel Lasseter, you know, Breck Shea is resigning on the bench will be huge for Inter Miami if they want to make the playoffs. Bryce Duke I'm really high on, you know, um, with Pizarro leaving, I do see Bryce Duke getting significant minutes, especially at the 10 spot or it depends on which formation they play. But, um, you know, he's an exciting young talent. And I think signings like that or in you know, an indicator that they're trying to, you know, build depth and try to, Um, you know, just make sure that the injury bug doesn't hit them too hard again this year. And yeah, I I think, you know, with McVay, especially, you know, if you guys looked at the roster, Miami didn't have a right back at all. So that McVeigh signing takes care of that. And he can also play as a center back. You know, you guys know that all of Inter-Miami center backs have basically moved on and been been traded or loaned. So yeah, they're they're depth pieces, but, you know, I do see them getting significant minutes uh, heading into 2022.
1: I was gonna say there's not like a Ryan Shaw cross kind of yeah. <laughs> um, signing that they're gonna make, but uh, we did have a we had a question on Twitter that I kind of wanted to stuff into this uh, section here just because I, I felt like this was a good one. And it was CJ from midweight 150 at 152. Um, so he was asking about Fort Lauderdale, uh, and he was asking about three players in particular. Um, And I'm going to just shoot these out there. I don't know if you, uh, I'm assuming you know who they are. Uh, And I wanted to know is Harvey Neville, uh, Phil's son. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that was a a direct relation, but he asked uh, the the person on Twitter, ask Harvey Neville, Mitchell Curry. um, And I believe it's going to be who else was it? It was Noah Allen that he was asking about. Are these names that looking at Fort Lauderdale, are these guys that they're looking at maybe having out there, um, maybe as a trial running and, and getting into the first team sometime this year?
2: Yeah, Phil Neville said he does want to bring up a couple of those Fort Lauderdale guys. You know, Harvey Neville, I have heard that they are trying to bring him into the first team, too. Mitch Curry, I believe he's still in England, so his situation uh, will, you know, it'll depend, you know, when he gets back to the States. Let's see how that goes. And Noah Allen, um, I haven't heard anything regarding him, but Um, Last season, Miami did take a couple of of Fort Lauderdale players to their season finale at New England. And Noah Allen was one of the players. So uh, um, uh, I I hope that he gets to the first team, but I haven't heard anything. But yeah, Fort Lauderdale, there's a treasure trove of players down there. You know, I I watched every single game last year of them. And, you know, there's a a lot of talent there. So it's only a matter of time before a couple of them get up. But yeah, I fully expect those three to be in contention. (laughs) All right,
1: so um, they trade Christian uh, Mm McCune for the number one spot in allocation ranking. I know Orlando had been rumored to want to come after that as well, Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of still in the works. But uh, is there somebody out there? I know we were looking at the allocation list and we were kind of looking at players. Um, They're interesting names. I'll give you that. Uh, They are very interesting names. And if DeAndre Yedlin decides that his time um, is done in Europe and he wants to come back or wherever it might be, um, is there anybody in particular that they felt like they were targeting or it, was this just kind of a, a collection of a spot in hopes that other teams maybe did have targets uh, and they just kind of swept this up so they could get some money for that spot?
2: Yeah, I haven't heard anything regarding that. I think um, looking at the list alone, there isn't any player that I, I don't think Inter Miami would take. You know, there are a couple of wingers, you know, Jefferson Savarino, uh, you know, Pity Martinez is on there, but that's those are like uh, pitti right. is not not going to happen but right. um yeah they could uh very well just you know trade the allocation spot you know like you said orlando was interested and Miami could hold them for ransom basically if they really wanted the right. spot and you know get more allocation money or, or or whatever mls mechanism so uh yeah i haven't heard anything regarding which player but they're definitely going to do something with that spot you know they wouldn't have traded um uh, mccune uh, else else you know they wouldn't have traded him if mm-hmm. there wasn't you know a plan there so Okay, uh,
0: so we, we've kind of mentioned it before about rebuilding with a player like Higuain. Um, can Miami service Higuain, who had, like you mentioned, 12 goals last season and maybe six, around six assists? Um, and if not, how, how much longer do you think he stays with Miami? Do you think this is like his his last run here with them? Because he is kind of getting up there in age as well.
2: Yeah, I think, well, the, this year's Egoine's last year on his contract, so I haven't heard anything about him renewing or whatnot. Um, he could retire. We don't know. He could move to another club. We don't know, but yeah, it's his last year, and I, I don't think he'll return, but um, as far as building around Egoine, I think you see with the acquisition so far, you know, Emerson Rodriguez, who is a, you know, Colombian winger out of, you know, Colombia, you know, he's a really good cross for the ball. Last season, Higuain didn't have much service. So, you know, bringing in guys like that will just, you know, help get the best out of Higuain. You know, you know, he's capable of scoring in MLS, you know, 12 goals. is It's not, you know, it's it's not easy to do. So, you know, getting players in like that to basically play with and around Gonzalo will only, help Inter Miami because right now um I know uh, Leonardo Campagna, he hasn't been announced yet but um right now uh, Eygol the only you know pure out and out striker on the roster so um yeah if Inter Miami wants to be successful it's you know get the best players to surround Eygol and basically feed him uh you know feed him to to try to score goals you know
0: and do you think he is like going to be more bought in this year than some of what we've seen last year I know like there was a time where he kind of struggled at first he thought it was going to be a little easier than it was, do, and then he started scoring more. Do you think he's like fully bought in going in this year?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, okay. there's a, a report in the Miami Herald that did say that he's been working out and seems extraordinarily motivated this season. So, um, that only that's only you know good news for Inter Miami. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that that interview he did where he thought coming MLS and it'll be a cigarette and a bit walk up hard, yeah but yeah um yeah that report he did they did say that he was pretty motivated and uh, hopefully that that translates to you know good form on the field
1: yeah see it, it was good last year and I know they they had uh, lost their mother because I know he'd missed like the union game because yeah. Jordan's a union fan and we had you know it was around that time where he'd lost his mother and both the Iguayans were absent for some time but it w- it did feel like when Federico was there it did kind of give Gonzalo more of that i guess that chemistry building off of each other um and kind of understanding how to play with one another but it did there he was the he was the one i mean you you see it every once in a while with attacking players but he really did i mean just the body language last year seemed to be off most of the time with gonzalez it seemed like he was angry he'd look around and just kind of wonder you know what am i doing here why, why why do i have these people around me and how are they helping me uh grow and be successful in this season it just seemed like he was a little bit off this year or last year, so it's good to see that he's, you know, motivated to kind of take some of these younger guys and hopefully go out with one more year, kind of motivating these young guys to come up. Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, regarding that, I think it's really funny because you guys, you know, you guys saw that the chemistry on the pitch. It, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah. There was drama. Basically, you know, I don't know if you guys saw Pizarro. You know, before he left, he was liking tweets indicating that you know, you know, they don't get, you know, they, they don't, they don't play well together. They don't, you know, work well together. And yeah, it, it was just, yeah, it was a lot. And, and like you said, when Federico was on the pitch, he, uh, Gonzalo did play a bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think that has to do with uh, Federico being more of a pure creative 10 than, yep. uh, you know, versus Pizarro being like a, I guess, a shadow mm-hmm. second striker type of uh, number 10, I, I guess. So um yeah. And uh, the loss of their mother, it, it, it definitely hurt. I, I, I you know, looking back at some of the quotes that he said during you know post-match conferences you know of course that affects you and that affects your mental health and you know in turn that it affects his form so um if he was you know not completely in it obviously you know it's because he lost you know his mother and and it's it's difficult so you know you have to give you know players are human too so you have to give them a bit of a, a of, a, a bit of slack excuse me in regards to that so um, but yeah, come 2022, uh, um, you know, he's fully motivated. He's fit. And, you know, hopefully that 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 can help propel Miami on to, you know, hopefully a playoff spot.
1: All right. So they, they in the super draft, um, they took Ryan Saylor from uh, University of Washington. Do we know much about the kid? Uh, he It's a defender. So obviously, I think <laughs> it's. It's interesting because they need defenders. I think you're just yeah. better off right now just selecting a bunch of defenders and hoping something sticks because it's been a, a brutal stretch of um, just allowing go- goals at, at, you know, at will. So can you yeah. kind of speak to Ryan Saylor and what he might be able to bring? They took him in number nine. So, uh, again, super draft, hit or miss. But it seems like this was, this was the right pick.
2: Yeah, Ryan Saylor, um tall. He's six four, you know, he's good in the air, you know, he's good with the ball at his feet. Player for the University of Washington, he's good at set pieces. Air Miami, they were so, so poor at set pieces last season. And, you know, it's clear that Chris Henderson wants to fix that. There have been a lot of guys coming into this uh this squad that have been six feet and above, you know, Darrell Cantero's McVay, he's six three, Bika, he's six six as a center back, which is insane. Uh, so Ryan Saylor, yeah, he he uh, um, he should, you know, listening to his um, post uh, draft interview, um, he basically said, yeah, I, I hope to come in here and, you know, uh, fight for a starting spot right away. So that already tells you the mentality of, of this guy, you know, that he wants to come and make an immediate impact. So and which is what Miami needs, considering that they they got rid of uh, most of their start- all of their starting center backs last season. So, um, yeah, um. am Really high on Ryan Saylor. I, I watched a couple of his games for University of Washington. He he's a you know good solid defender. And you know, Chris Henderson being in the Seattle area for for years, obviously, um, in the Washington area, I would assume that he he's pretty in touch with uh University of Washington soccer. So it was a it was a good solid pick for it in Miami. So it's being reported that uh
0: you know they're close to signing uh Jamaican national team defender Damian Lowe. Uh, you, you mentioned the Ecuadorian, um, uh, Leonardo Campania also, uh, no, actually you mentioned the Colombian winger, right? Emerson Mm. Rodriguez, Mm. but also linked to Leonardo, uh, Campania from Ecuador. (laughs) Um, just kind of like three out of the blue quick, uh, signings, it seems coming down the way here. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on, on these? It seems like, uh, Rodriguez and, uh, Campania are both about 21 years old.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty so, young wingers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm laughing because, you know, Campania and uh, Rodriguez, there's photos of them in the Inter Miami kit at this point. So <laughs> it, it, it's only a matter of time before Inter Miami uh, announces the, them as players. But yeah, I think it, it shows the direction uh, Miami wants to go, younger. Uh, Fernavel specifically said, "I want it's a young person's league, MLS. I want it to get younger, and and you see that with uh, Campagna and, and Rodriguez, and uh, you know, there's a uh, you know Damian Lowe uh, Of course, he's not he's not you know old old, but he's still I believe he's what 28. So, um, yeah, um, these are signings that were needed. You know, like I said earlier, there's no no one to." Uh, backup Eagle Inn and, uh, you know, signing a 21-year-old Ecuadorian international is huge. And, you know, with Emerson Rodriguez as well, coming from Colombia, he's a real crafty winger. Uh, That should fit perfectly in what the club wants to do. So, and Damian Lowe as well, he's got that experience. He's also uh, super tall. He's quick as a defender, physical, and it'll fit, uh, you know, what Intermime wants to do. So, um, yeah, this offseason, it's been Mamis has had, they've hit it out of the park with, uh, uh, their signing so far. So, uh, hopefully that can translate on, uh, to success on the pitch. Do we know if either of
0: these three are like, are they all like TAM players or like under 22, uh, DPs or like, uh, do we know what they fall under?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, Rodriguez would be a, a, a TAM player, maybe okay. under 22. I have to double check, but his transfer fee will be around 2.5 million. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah like I said MLS rules are kind of you know switching up every day so I'd have to right. go check but yeah they should be tam players and remind Miami uh cleared a lot of space just with you know Shawcross retiring LGP gone Figal gone Pizarro gone Matweedy going to be gone um you know Lewis Morgan trade they've cleared up a lot of money and wages so um you know you see the players that are incoming um you know reflected of the the wages that they've 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 you know basically pushed away so um yeah it's it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting but you know as soon as me announced that i will look at the finer details and see mm-hmm. if if you know if they do if they are under 22 players tam what have you
1: i think it'll be interesting jordan because i sent you that that article today where the the next uh league or whatever it is that they're calling it MLS um, oh, well, next pro yeah so <laughs> w- when they when they dropped that the day uh jeff reuter wrote near the, uh, the athletic that basically you get i think it was seven international spots uh, roster spots in that program you also don't have to worry about the payroll you can pay them as much as you want you can kind of keep players there and don't have to worry about so much as far as transfer fees to keep younger players so it'll be interesting to to see um, because I, obviously these clubs know more than we do at this point where they're going to be looking at okay well these people these players fill in this requirement so this is why we're doing this and and again like you said Alex I think it's just the, the transparency with the league is just mind-boggling at times you kind of have to just guess at what people are and yeah. um, if mls.com uh, just posts something then obviously we just uh, assume it's true because it's, it does seem like the league does kind of struggle keeping things transparent. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is pretty well, crazy honestly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the uh, the last question Jordan do you want to ask it cuz I know yeah. you yeah. have to ask Yeah. This questions. is my favorite question I all know, the, I'm the gonna time. I'm going to leave it alone. So <laughs>
0: Our favorite question we always ask is, what would be a successful season for the club? So what would be a successful season for Inter-Miami in 2022? Is it playoffs? Is it just looking better than last year, playing better? Like, What is the benchmark
2: that we're looking at? Playoffs. Playoffs. I think missing out in the playoffs last season was uh, more than a disappointment. Um, You know, there was, you know, if you guys saw, they tried to make a run late in the season. But, you know, those those losing streaks just absolutely kill you. So um, I think uh, success this year for New Miami is making the playoffs, whether it be the seven, six, fifth seed. I don't expect them to be, you know, challenging for a supporter shield or or anything like that. I think it's just, you know, get to the playoffs and, you know, see what you can do. Uh, I believe NYCFC, although they do have a better squad than Miami, I think they were the fourth seed and they uh, ended up at, at MLS Cup. So, uh, yeah, I think at this point it's just get in the playoffs and see what you can do. Um, anything less than that would, it, you know, it would be a failure not making the playoffs. You know, I, I know um, that this is a more a, a rebuilding year, but, um, you know, Chris Henderson Phil Neville have said that they still want to be competitive, you know, so um, playoffs is definitely the goal.
0: Yeah, and NYCFC were actually out of the playoff hunt for a bit, um, where they had fallen out near the end of the season and had to come back into it. So mm. yeah. Um, it's crazy how that can affect the you know, that's MLS, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if few results go your way, you're in the playoffs, and then you're lifting the cup. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Well, uh, where can uh, if you want to replug everything, where can people find all of your work at, Alex?
2: You can follow me at A.A.W. underscore 1998 on Twitter. I write for the Heron outlet. I, I cover in Miami for them. Um, you can see all my work on my page. I, I'm constantly tweeting, retweeting stuff, you know, just calling attention to news that people have not seen, reporting some stuff. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at A.A.W. underscore 1998 and at the Heron outlet at the Heron outlet on Twitter. <laughs>
1: Well, Alex, we really appreciate your time, um, yeah. and thanks for helping us understand everything that's going on with Enter Miami. Because yeah. everybody else looks at it, and goes, "I have no idea." Um, yeah. So, thank you for helping us understand. Uh, they, I do have one not so serious question. They don't, mm. for your understanding, they don't have four DPS this year, correct?
2: No, they definitely less than that. Definitely, I think if that were the case again, there would be pitchforks from basically every inner Miami fan. They don't want to go through that again.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, Alex. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, and everybody go follow Alex if you're an inner Miami fan. Again, she's got great stuff over there. Thank you. And we
0: are back and we want to thank Alex for coming on and talking inner Miami. So, successful season for Miami in Alex's eyes and probably most Miami fans' eyes, is playoffs. What are your thoughts on that, Logan?
1: This is my pick for Wooden Spoon. I'll ruin it right now. Um, just because there's no way around it. Like, I can't, like, avoid it. Um, it, it you yeah. And I don't want to lose all our inner Miami fans. I, I feel for you. I feel really bad. Like, I, I do. This is not... Yeah,
0: Logan's a, a Dolphins
1: fan. Yeah. I mean, he knows what it's like. Yeah, as much as... Uh, I'm an Orlando fan, but... Our, the rivalry does not exist yet because, I, one, Orlando wasn't very good for a while, and then Miami's not so good. So it, it has been tough for the state of Florida as far as MLS is concerned. It's just not been a – it's been a very bumpy ride, and, and Orlando is not going to be as good either, I don't think. So it, it's going to be a tough year in Florida. Um, I, I do think that this is, if not the worst team, Jordan, this is easily bottom three. Um, I just don't know – Everybody else that I'm looking around at because um, we're covering the bottom teams right now, I do think Austin's doing enough to, to be uh, competitive. They've got a cohesive group that they've had from last year. You're looking at Dallas, who I think has an influx of money that can do things, but they've always got youth and they always strive um, through the youth. And even though they might not be great, they'll be you know solid, I think. Houston, again, I, I think that they're a better team with the cohesiveness and you get a new coach in there, new blood, new energy. So then you start to look at Jordan. Toronto was a team that we thought eventually could be in some trouble, but now they've corrected everything. So it's it is it, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I don't. I, I know where they're going with this. They had to do this. They're hamstrung by that DP and the sanctions, but it's only going to get worse before it gets better.
0: Interesting. I don't have them as wooden spoon, so mm. I I would say that just outside playoffs or just barely making it in is probably a good season for them. I I do think kind of like in Austin where we talked about ninth place, that would be ninth place in the East. I think would be pretty standard here. Let's not forget. We're going to have an open spot here (laughs) with Nashville moving. And we're going to also have Charlotte. Who's definitely not making the playoffs their first year. I'll go out on a limb and say it. So I do think there's a chance, there's a spot that we've kind of talked about previously that with Nashville vacating to the West, there's a playoff spot available. This team just barely missed out on the playoffs. I think, I know they just finished 11th, right? So I think a ninth place finish would be a pretty respectable bump up. And hopefully you get some of these young guys in and they either overperform or you start seeing what they can bring in the years to come. And then you get, you know, he gone and you can bring in another young, exciting attacker or something. and really build up this team to be a contender, not this year, but next year. That, that's kind of my thought process. So I think a ninth place finish would be successful. I think Miami fans would probably disagree with that, but that's what I would have as a successful season for them.
1: I mean, I, so I got a question for you then, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but, who are they better? Than? I mean, Chicago. They're better than
0: Charlotte. They're better than Chicago. Yeah,
1: uh, but everybody else, I th- I would argue Cincinnati is going to be better than they are this year.
0: We'll see. Um, I know Cincinnati stole most of the Union's front office and right. uh, one of their assistant coaches, but look, Josh Wolf was a very highly touted, uh, very highly touted coaching prospect, and that yeah. didn't work out right away. And that's pretty much what's going on with Cincinnati right now. So we don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I, I could see. Look, the, I think Alex kind of convinced me on this when she's talking about shedding all of the money that they shed on on losing Shawcross. He's retired. You know, going to be losing Blaze. Going to be losing um, uh, losing gone. Federico. Losing uh, Gonzalez, Yeah, all, all of this kind of stuff. Losing all those players has now let them totally reshape it. This is a whole new GM than what the first iteration was. And I think that they are on the right path. And I think they're not done yet. They're going to make these three signings. We might get a few more. And then, you know, Phil Neville is able to shape his team the way he wants to shape it. I don't know. I'm buying into it. Again, I don't think they're going to be... Was it the best team in the East that uh, was was quoted... Oh, by no, 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 no. Uh, quoted was... by Caleb Porter, yeah. but I do think that they will be better than last year, and I think that they're definitely better than Charlotte. They could be better than Cincinnati. That one's on a look. We we were really high on Cincinnati last year, and that failed. So I'm kind of Man. hesitant to be high on them again yeah. going into this year. I see
1: yeah, I can see it.
0: And if I pull up the East real quick, because I'm kind of blanking on stuff here. Um. D.C., we don't know. If they trade Ella Kamara, that was 19 goals for them or whatever, right? 16 Mm -hmm. goals, something like that. That would – I don't know what could replace. Montreal, were they a fluke last year or are they good? Yeah. Probably good, but we don't know. Uh, Toronto is coming back up. I think Columbus might actually have more problems. I guess we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I think there's opportunity here. It's the East. The East is always going to be – uh just it's the crazy. Wild, wild east yeah the wild, wild east not
1: the west the west is very like uh the west is you know you're is, you know your, <laughs> you know your
0: stacked teams and then you have the resurgent toronto that we're gonna yeah. get um but for me i look at this and i say you know this is last year's predictions for people that are watching this is not this year's you know looking at a team like um Wow, hold on. We got my, I got Miami de- uh, bang on there. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but Jordan's you know, look, so <laughs> looking at DC, Chicago, Cincinnati, no more Nashville. There's going to be Charlotte. There's opportunity here, and there's opportunity to at least climb the two spots. I'm thinking, and, and I think maybe that's where they finish, about ninth.
1: I just don't want to get pitchforked on Twitter. So here's my, my, here's my positive. You're right, Jordan. They're going in the right direction. Like they're definitely, I think they finally realized, okay, we can't just like, we can't just throw people out there and hope it works. Uh, We've actually got to build this. And I I do think what Alex said is interesting, how talented Fort Lauderdale is um, over on the USL side. So I think that watching the USL league one, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because I do think that there are some pieces that are coming up from just looking at the roster and looking at the excitement around these players. Um, and, the, and I'm talking like national level. So it 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 does seem like, yes, Jordan, they, they finally figured out that they're going to have to build to the youth. But I think every team needs to look around right now. And that's what our league is, isn't it, Jordan? Like it, MLS is now turned into we are. We are a hundred percent there. We are the, we are a feeder club. Now look around at all the signings that have happened today, Jordan, and we'll mention some that happened um, just in passing, but um, th- we are feeder club. And now you've got to build the, from the, from the ground up, you've got to build it around these academies, this, um, th- this new league that they're going to have the NLS next pro. Um, and with no salary cap, I mean, we're going to be able to buy so many youth players um, from Europe that or South America or wherever they might be from. Um, it's going to help tremendously. So, again, Miami, uh, you're going in the right direction. I just don't think it's going to be very pretty. This is a lot of moving pieces.
0: We mentioned it before we had Alex on, the drama that happened on Friday, uh, January 14th, as LAFC get Kellen Acosta via trade. They send 1.5 million GAM. But, 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 but. Kellen Acosta came out against this on Twitter. And the reason why is because I guess some of the sources inside were trying to paint this a different way than, um, you know, what, what actually happened. Um, I'm trying to locate the tweet right now, which I should have already had up. Okay, so... Now, I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. He is retweeting all of this LAFC stuff now. But, um, you know, he says to the LAFC fans, I'm excited for the chapter. I'll give everything I have. But what happened was there was a quote that I... Did he delete it?
1: It was a response to somebody. Uh, So do I I have to look at replies, right? I retweeted it on our page Jordan I went in cuz I, I thought the same thing I thought he Here had gone it is. In okay. It.
0: So Burgundy Wave mm-hmm. had a quote in it which is the SB Nation mm-hmm. it says Rapids were working on an extension with Acosta but the sides failed to come to terms after years of European transfer rumors most of it turned out to be smoke with the real interest coming from other MLS teams and he said this narrative is sad Colorado pushed me out. They had an offer for me on the T te- on the table from abroad and ongoing interests and opted to trade me dot, dot, dot. Now, uh, they went ahead and, uh, they being, well, I guess I thought I had it on here, but they didn't update it to that, but, um, they up, uh, whoever it was updated this thing with a response from Colorado where I cannot find it now saying that there was no offer on the table when we traded him three hours after we traded him we got an offer that was supposed to be a free loan and with a buy option so they're pretty much saying that he's incorrect but who knows i mean i think it's unfortunate for acosta who's been wanting to make a move abroad i think and you know he's at an age where it's it's almost a now or never type of thing so i think he may not get that move he might he might be just staying with lafc from all the stuff he's tweeting now it makes it seems like he's buying into lafc but just kind of a weird situation overall here what what were your thoughts on
1: this yeah, this really sucks for Kellen. Um, it, like, it, I get reporting stuff, but this seems so Sky Sports. Like, this seems so Lukaku-esque. It was like, okay, let's sit on this. And and, and to go after somebody and say that it was just smoke. And then also, if the team said that, then that, that's not very kind on the team. And uh, after that, I mean, once that quote is published and Kellen finds out that's what has been said, or, you know, somebody has leaked this to somebody um, that is writing. I, I think at that point, Kellen goes, you know what? I'm not signing an extension here. I, it, this is a horrible narrative. Um, I'm trying to make a, a path for myself in Europe, and this is going to probably delay it for a year. Like, I, I feel like this is going to delay it. He's got to go play in LAFC now. Um, I'm sure that – I'm sure there was interest uh, in, with uh, European clubs. It seems – To me, that you know, he has played well in some of the World Cup qualifying games, he's played well, um, in the appearances that he's had in Gold Cup. Um, so it, it, I think it was warranted. I think he was going to just get the move that he deserved. And it's just too bad that that this has come out and then they go and trade him. It's just delaying the inevitable of him ending up with another club in Europe. But it, it really does kind of suck that you know, Kellen can't come out and say, Hey, you know, this isn't what really happened, but then Colorado bashes him back and basically I mean this 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 hurts him going forward, I think too, just because I think, you know, if if you trust what is said, then maybe, you know, people think that Kellen's not being very truthful or maybe he's not somebody he went around. But I do feel bad for Kellen that this is the narrative that surrounds him because I don't think that this was the intention for him.
0: All right, so we have a young up and comer going over to Venezia again. Played in MLS, played for Orlando. Luis Nani is going over to youth product, right? Venezia, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard things about him. Thirty six.
1: Yeah, I heard that uh, Sir Alex actually tweets at him every once in a while. I don't get it, but
0: used to play for him, right?
1: Somewhere, small club. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah. So that that that's something there. Uh, So. I guess
1: Cole Bassett. The way I,
0: the way, the way oh, I look at it, sorry, is just that whatever reason Orlando didn't want him, and I think yeah. he mentioned that as much because I think if he's going to Venezia, he would have stayed with Orlando. Venezia is not any like bigger.
1: Yeah, it was reported from a lot of the outlets here that he wanted to stay. It was by no um, no factor of his own that he was leaving. He basically said in his statement that yeah, you know, our time has come. That you know there was a, a there was an interest of the club to move in a different direction and he understood that it was a youth movement and you know i, I think he saw the writing on the wall he saw dk lee chris mueller left um there's gonna be more movement so i i think uh pedro might be out too so i, I think that there's a lot of moving parts in orlando and I, i'm happy for nani I, i'm excited to kind of see him back on a on a big big stage in europe because I, I do think like you said jordan i mean Venezia is supposedly and i don't know syria that well i'm just getting into it but it's it's a huge club like it's massive and now we've got four mls guys playing for that club so this is great for for the league and everything like again all positives here
0: bad news is uh, Hmm. not the cold Bassett that you're uh, i got one more news story before that uh alan palito going to miss the whole season and I wonder how early they knew this. It may, it might make sense yeah. why they tried to pick up Robert Barich, but it mm-hmm. sounds like that's not going to happen. Like they couldn't agree to a contract, but uh, I'm assuming maybe they knew that and that's why they tried to grab him and it just still didn't work out.
1: Yeah. I know Baji had been linked to him too, linked mm-hmm. to them too, before he went with Cincinnati. And then I know that they were looking at guys like Rios from uh, Nashville. I mean, they were looking, which is weird, Jordan. I think you're right. Like this seemed very odd. Like, this seemed like, okay, I, we knew this for quite some time, and now it's uh, – another thing, Jordan, we didn't – we can talk about it on here because we cover U.S. This really hurts uh, Mexico because he was trying to get into the side healthy and, you know, with Rui Diaz – or sorry, Rui Diaz. Um, Rahul Diaz, uh, Jimenez, I got 26 different people on my mind. Um, thank you. Uh, with Jimenez not knowing, you know, what, what could come of him. With his head, uh, he had, Yeah, yeah. They, they had concerns because they thought Polito could be um, off the bench, a, a good spark for them. Mm. So it really, that's a bummer. I really wanted to see him healthy.
0: Oh, Alfonso Davies has an injury oh, yeah. that he's not going to be able to be in the World Cup qualifier, mm-hmm. supposedly,
1: maybe. Yeah. And, and you and I talked about this. This could, this, with the way Panama's playing, this could be, I mean, you're going to get to see a lot of the Toronto fans are uh, on Twitter talking about how they could handle uh, an absence of somebody like Alfonso. Uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, This is Mm -hmm. tough. And and this is COVID related. This is uh, some big time stuff with the heart, but um, I wish all the best Alfonso. And I I wanted to see Canada play in the world cup. So I'm hoping they don't stumble out. They still have a good shot. I mean, look, I, I think at this point, the
0: top four are the top four. So if they have a shot, uh they might be playing for that playoff. that fourth place playoff mm-hmm. which you know i think if they're going up against oceana i, I think yeah. even they would have a really good chance mm-hmm. with the way that canada's been playing and let's not forget they're number one right now um in the ranking mm-hmm. like in the in the table so right. might be mexico playing for that position well
1: i was gonna say mexico <laughs> actually has looked like the weaker team i'm not gonna lie to you
0: yeah um and then yes cole bassett moving to uh to what club is it uh Feyenoord,
1: right Feyenoord, yeah good move good move yeah they, did you see the tweet uh who was it i think it was men and blazers that tweeted out uh who had played there uh van percy was the name on the mm-hmm. list Um, but I can't remember. I'm not even going to guess because, but it was an impressive list of players that had played there. And then it was like Cole Bassett ready to make his legendary move. Um, (laughs) But again, Jordan, you and I talked about this. When we talked about uh, the Rapids last year, we thought that he could be one of those guys uh, in 2026, right? That we thought this guy could be the big part of that midfield. Could you imagine if he, if he starts to play well, um, and he kind of files in next to Weston McKinney, who's then, Probably the best form of his life right now. Um, and the way that Tyler Adams has played in the midfield, uh, and you just stacking up that midfield of good players. Um, but this is a great move. And, and that's a that's a league you want to be in if you're gonna try to get into a bigger league after that. So good move for Cole. Doyle called it. Doyle's like, How come nobody's come after Cole yet?
0: Rough for the Rapids, though. We'll save that for our preview, mm-hmm. but they're they're uh losing some players. They're yeah. regressing. Them and, and, and well, we'll we'll RSL. <laughs> Yeah, but out. I mean specifically, Colorado yeah. already had the lowest payroll, and they're already yeah. shipping out some of these these players like Kellen Acosta and Cole Bassett, and mm-hmm. and trying to figure out where they're going to be.
1: Nomaly's gone too.
0: Yeah, where where they're going? Yeah. You know, are they going to bring in some people, or are they just going to be cheap?
1: That's something Two. we don't know. Two weeks left. Well, two and a half.
0: First, yeah, till training. I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, what the union oh, yes, posted like their two weeks their, till training.
2: Yeah, like the well,
0: union posted their schedule. They start preseason games February third, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, because end of February is the season starting. So, mm. I mean, we're, we're close. We're close. That's why we're pumping these out. Uh, we recorded this on Friday. You're probably hearing it on Monday. But, again, we just want to thank Alex for coming on. And uh, anything else, Logan, before we get out of here?
1: I did want to – I I, I, we, I know we don't like to speculate things here, but uh, Jefferson Soteldo looks like he's on his way to Grace, but in return, instead of it just being alone, it looks like it's going to be a, sli- a player swap for Carlos uh, Salcedo, which is a huge move. He played here before. Jordan, can you help me? Uh, was it RSL that he was with current, or before when he was Yeah, here? I believe it was RSL, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I watched him in. T- I watched him play with Tigres, and this is kind of fun, um, but I was watching uh, League of Mechies, and I, I was watching them play, and I was fascinated because when he did score an equalizer. It was like the 87th minute or something, 88th minute. He, he scores this equalizer where he kind of just bounces one off a bicycle kick, and it bounces through and goes in. He takes off his kit, and then he runs over to, like, the away supporters because it was in Santos, and he looked up at the away supporters, and it looked very – Like, he was trying to hold back some tears, but he was pointing to the name. And then he turned it around, and he was pointing to his last name. And then he kind of, like, waved. Like, it felt very much like he knew. The manager, like, you could tell he was saying something. I couldn't tell what he was saying. But it was, like, almost a a good send-off. So, that would be very good for Toronto. That's a really good defender that they'd be adding back. 2013
0: to 2014 RSL. That's how long ago it was.
1: Right. Right. Uh, But he was
0: in their youth program too in twenty twelve to twenty thirteen. So he's twenty eight years old. So he was he was there when he was young. Um, So him beside Mavenga,
1: oof, that's a terrifying back.
0: Yeah, he used to have issues with Garth Lagerway. That's what made them made made him leave. So I guess we'll see how how it goes with him going to Toronto now. If that's the rumor. But uh, what, do we, what do we got this week, Logan, what episodes are coming out this week because I've lost track
1: of them. <laughs> All right, so we're still uh, coming up with days for all of them but one. Um, so we are still in flux with three people. Um, we're going to have um, if all things work out well, this is the this is the rundown. We're gonna have John Arnold, um, and he is going to come on and talk uh, FC Dallas because uh, he covers them for the Striker Texas. Um, and he has a podcast that I think he does with Grant Wall, um, I believe. It's Conca CONCACAF or something like that. Um, I could be making that up at this point. But, um, and then we'll have CLTFC Fan TV. They cover Charlotte. So hopefully we'll get our Charlotte people on next week. That'll be between Tuesday and Thursday when we record that because that's the time period in which uh, they gave um, and then we're going to have Andres back from the Foxtrot. Uh, and he's got a person that he's bringing along with him. His name is Tony. So he, he does uh, work with Tony. I believe they also do, um, uh, they, they still do that uh, Foxtrot newsletter that they've constantly put out um, Fox in the Box. Uh, and you can sign up for that, which is really great. And they support. Uh, Houston. So uh, that'll be fun to have him on again. Um, And I know that he was working on getting press passes last year. So it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be able to cover the team this year because of COVID last year, I think it was more difficult. Um, And then Monday for sure, Jordan, we're going to have on um, Fabian Renkel, I I believe that's how you say it. Um, And he covers uh, San Jose earthquakes and he covers the the, the team on tectonic takes, um, which is a San Jose podcast. Uh, It's got, Quite a bit of following, so uh, I know a lot of people know him from all over Twitter because he's constantly interacting with uh, different fan bases too. So, really long uh, run on names, but it's busy week, got, for got
0: a lot going on. And then we're supposed to have Todd on for Philadelphia Union <laughs> yeah. sometime soon, so yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow us on Twitter at stateside show, Instagram at stateside show, facebook.com slash stateside show, or email us stateside show at gmail.com. Oh, I, I don't know if people are fans of us or not, but if you are, there is a link on the link tree if you want to buy some merch with the Stateside Soccer Show logo as well. I, I, I got some. I got a magnet. So I'm uh, hoping to get a shirt. But we have we, we have uh, stoppage time shirts that we, mm-hmm. that we have. but I also made those are on the shop as well, along with all of our other podcasts. So if you're interested in any of those, uh, you can get a nice little shirt or sweatshirt or you know it's through t public so you can pretty much get that design on anything like a mug like logan's holding that doesn't have our logo on it but it could uh, <laughs> so you can go ahead and, and check that out too if anybody's interested um, but yeah so go ahead and give us a follow give us a review if you would like as well that'll help other people find our show so more people can hear alex and, uh, you know, all of our fantastic guests that we have each week. But I am Jordan Weekend. He was Logan Stump, and we'll catch you next time. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the u.s men's national team americans abroad mls usl this is stateside soccer show presented by stoppage time soccer show have a good one